Hey guys, welcome to the first ever episode of the Millennial Investor Podcast. I'm really glad you're here and I'm certain every one of you, regardless of where you are in your career, can utilize the concepts from today's podcast in your everyday life. The topic that we're focusing on today is managing personal finance. This includes savings, credits and debit, managing loans, handling taxes, and even ensuring that you protect what you've built until now. These are one of the most important skills required to ensure that you continue to live a happy, secure, and healthy life. Money may not be the most important thing in life, but it definitely adds a sense of freedom and security. So let's start off by speaking about saving. Now, you must have heard the monologue many times. Start saving early. Don't spend on unnecessary things. Don't touch a certain proportion of your income. All these things are most definitely true, but... Many people aren't aware of the reason and depth behind these points, which can really change your outlook on saving, specifically saving in a proper manner. The reason so much importance has been given to saving, especially saving early and frequently, is due to the compound effect. The more money you save, and the longer you save it for, the more money you will have at the end. Let me use an example to help you understand this better. If you save $100 a month, let's assume the interest rate you receive is around 0.5% a month. If you do this continuously for 10 years, you'll end up with almost $16,500. Remember, this is just $100 a month for 12 years. That is $12,000. And with just a 0.5% rate every month, you'll end up with $16,000 at a time where you probably will require this capital. Maybe this could be to start a business caring for your family, or maybe even to be a buffer at a time where the economy has taken a complete turn. Say, for example, the COVID-19 pandemic or any other recession. I'm completely aware that as a young adult, you really don't have that much of a disposable income to be committed to a savings or investment plan. But there are certain strategies that can be used in order to boost your disposable income and save a larger amount of your money. Firstly, you have to set a budget, and there are honestly many different types of budgets you can choose from. Many of you must have heard of the 50-30-20 budget, which basically states you should spend 50% of your income on needs, 30% on wants, and 20% on debt. And, of course, you can slightly alter these based on your needs and lifestyle. Another type of budget is a spending ceiling, where you set a hard limit on your spending for a month or a week. And this is a really convenient method as you don't have to think about what you're spending on different categories, but rather have a absolute spending limit. And another one is the zero-based budget, which is actually pretty simple. All you have to do is take whatever you earn in a month and allocate them to different categories until you have no money left to allocate. These categories can include anything you spend your money on, such as investments, loan payments, clothes, furniture, really anything you require. But it does take more time and effort. However, it really helps you budget every last dollar. And you will definitely have a higher control level on your budget. It is also really important to remember that when you spend on something you do not need, you forgo the option of saving that money. This money could have been invested in the stock market or in bonds, which would provide additional returns and grow over time. You should always do your best to save money. 
actually not just save it, but really take it a step further and invest it so you can get returns in the money. Even if it is something as risk-free as bonds or something slightly more riskier like the stock exchange. This will really allow you to build wealth, not just a savings account. And over the years, this is what will really allow you that freedom you need to not continue to work from paycheck to paycheck. Now we're going to speak about a topic which is pretty divided in views when it comes to the younger generation. That is owning a credit card. I'm not opposed to credit cards in any way, but it's really essential to pay off every credit card bill by the time required or even before. People can be affected in so many ways by having a bad credit score. They don't have access to certain discounts and waivers. They have a difficult time getting loans when they really need it, such as housing loans, which are mortgages, and auto loans. And also have higher interest rates by banks because the risk of providing money to those with low credit scores is much higher. Ideally, you should be aiming for a score of above 700. So really remember to stay within your means. You must also make sure that you're taking on smart debt. So that means don't have too many credit cards, especially those offered by certain stores. And the reason for this is because whatever promotion they're offering you, around 10-15% off your order if you get their credit card, that will eventually be offset by the interest expense you end up paying in the future. Another reason to have a single or a couple credit cards is because your interest rates will eventually pile up and accrue. And just having debt from a couple credit cards will significantly simplify the process of repayment. Because you're still young, credit card companies will reach out to you often with pretty tempting offers. But the reason they're doing this is because they know that you will delay bills and they'll receive interest on that. And because you still have most of your life ahead of you, these interest payments are going to grow exponentially. And this really benefits the companies, but will significantly cause harm to your financial well-being. It is also a really good idea to look into credit unions and receive a credit card through them instead of banks or in addition to a bank. The reason for this is credit unions have a much lower requirement for eligibility and they have lower interest rates on loans, but they actually sometimes provide more returns on saving accounts. This is due to the fact that credit unions are non-for-profit. However, the best thing about credit unions is the fact that the people who use credit unions actually own them. So if you utilize credit unions, you will actually have a say in how it's run. Many people falsely believe that credit unions are inefficient or the savings aren't insured. However, that really isn't the case. And while credit unions may be less accessible or less convenient even than traditional banks, they do offer the best rates for the customers. When you do eventually get a credit card, remember to regularly check your transactions as well as your credit report. There is a common misconception that pulling your own credit report will in some way lower your credit score. That is absolutely not true. And it's in fact a great way to keep you motivated to keep your credit score healthy. Talking about credit and debit, the next logical topic that should be covered is loans. This can be student loans, mortgages, or even loans which you have taken to start or continue your business. 
The average millennial has around $27,200 in non-mortgage debt. But we all know that not all loans are created equal. They all have different interest rates. Unsecured personal loans and payday loans are usually the ones with the highest interest rates because short-term loans are more risky for lenders. It's always better to pay off these loans which have a higher interest rate first. Secondly, it's also in your best interest to learn about debt refinancing and in today's world with interest rates at an all-time low. This is a great time to go through with this. Refinancing basically means you apply for new terms in your loan with better terms than your previous contract in the form of either a lower rate or a more flexible paying plan. So essentially you're replacing one loan contract with another. This is a great way to consolidate debt and free up cash and can be used for almost all types of debt. However, debt refinancing should only be done when there is a significant difference in terms. Because constantly doing it would mean that you never end up paying the principal and will structure repayments over a much longer time. Restructuring on the other hand, debt restructuring is a slightly more complicated process and it's about changing the terms of the loan contract with regards to time between payments or due date for the principal. This strategy is usually reserved when the borrower is really in distress. One debt strategy I do really advise for is multiple debt consolidation, which is basically combining multiple debts into one single debt from a single lender. Again, this will only work from a single lender and this truly makes your loans much more manageable and usually gets you better interest rates as well. However, one disadvantage is that you will again have to pay off your loans for a longer amount of time. Of course, with any strategy, you must weigh the pros and cons and decide for yourself. The next topic is something I really wish millennials and the younger generation had a much better grasp of. And this is taxes. If there's one topic on personal finance, I believe you can learn from most, it's on taxes. So really listen closely here. First and foremost, make sure you file your taxes properly. You may be losing more money in taxes than you should. In fact, the IRS just released a statement which says that in the fiscal year of 2016, there have been unclaimed refunds of $1.5 billion. That is a huge amount and understanding your refunds can really help you increase the income you have after filing taxes, which is also known as your disposable income. Tax deductions are a reduction of the taxable income and they're commonly a result of expenses incurred to produce that additional amount of income. Examples of this include interest you pay on any loans, any health insurance premiums, and out-of-pocket charitable gifts. Also, states which don't have income tax, like Florida, Texas, or Nevada, also provide sales tax deductions, where any sales tax you have paid can be taken off your income before the federal tax is applied to it. This really makes a difference when you purchase more expensive items. You can also get tax credits at times, which you really should take advantage of. There are a few types of tax credit, but the most common one is the earned income tax credit. This was basically created to offset the burden of social security taxes and really incentivize work for those, for those earning below a certain amount of income. Ranging from 
$15,500 if you have no children to around $50,000 if you have three children. This also changes with regards to whether you're married and your investment income. It's also really important to remember that you cannot be a dependent of someone who is filing returns in order to be eligible for the earned income tax credit. Another very common tax credit is a child independent care credit, which is basically for every child that you have under 17, you get around $2,000 for tax credit, which is of course adjusted for your income. Of course, there are various other types of tax credits and probably the most accurate way to file your taxes is to use a tax preparation service, which are now actually available online as well as in certain physical branches, which makes it really convenient. This will also allow you to perfect every aspect of filing taxes and even save you from not mentioning certain income inflows, which will result in owing the amount and interest as taxes in the future. And you can also face a penalty on any undisclosed income, even if it is a mistake. I strongly advise you to look at all the possible tax rebates and tax credit, and definitely make sure you put any earnings you have when filing taxes. Utilizing a tax preparation service will really help you with this process. But if you don't want to pay the fees for that, then I've provided you the information and what you need to research on in order to file taxes. So you end up having the highest disposable income. Our last topic, and perhaps one of the most important ones in the long run, is protecting your wealth. Eventually, there will be a point where you will want to keep what you have and protect what you've earned because you do have a lot to lose at that point. There are two answers to this. The first is using business entities for your endeavors, and the second is insurance. Using business entities means creating an entity where you can perform your business endeavors and investments. This creates limited liability to any losses that you suffer and will separate your personal assets and business-related assets. I hope nobody will ever have to go through this, but if there is a legal dispute or any significant losses suffered, this will ensure that any personal assets such as your home will not be seized. This would be most beneficial a few years down the line when you start your own business or start seriously focusing on investments. The next strategy is insurance. Insurance is nothing but a promise of reimbursement when a loss is incurred in return for a premium. When searching for insurance products, consumers should match their needs with what the product offers and choose the best deal. A solid credit history is also important because insurers use credit information to price some types of insurance policies. You should be having health and car insurance regardless but should also consider other types of insurance, including property insurance, life insurance, and long-term care insurance to really lay out that foundation which will protect your wealth. And this brings us to the end of the first episode. I really hope you all have learned the essentials of personal finance and how to use these strategies to create wealth and financial freedom for yourselves. I urge every one of you, to take action as soon as possible on the topics that we've covered today. And join us next week for a discussion on asset classes and investing. See you guys next week.